a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Joining us now, a man who's probably tired of talking to me because we've had a bunch of chats throughout the year, Taylor Funk from the Utah State men's basketball team. Taylor, congratulations, man, going dancing. Thank you, man. Really appreciate that. That's so great. So happy for you, Taylor. Kind of take us into that room when you guys got the announcement. Where were you thinking you might land, and what did you think of the 40th ranking and 10 seed that you were provided? Yeah, so we were all at Coach's house. You know, the whole team was there, all the staff and uh, a couple other people. Um, it was an experience, man. I mean, never been to the dance, and, you know, a couple guys on the team is not as well. So, you know, we're all excited. We're all a little nervous. Um, but we were definitely definitely confident, you know, that we, we were going to get a bid. And, you know, we were hoping to stay away from the 11th seed. We didn't want to do that playing game. Um, just, yeah, beyond happy with the 10th seed. Um, we were thinking anywhere from 8 to 10. And, you know, we, a couple of us saw some tweets like, you know, we might get matched up with Missouri. And, you know, we saw Missouri's name pop up. And we're like, here we go, here we go. And, you know, we saw our name and – Nothing but cheers and excitement and, you know, just kind of <clears throat> makes it all worth it at the end of the day. You know, we go through a lot, go through a lot, a lot of trials and a lot of ups and downs. But, you know, with this team, it's just, it's just fun. You know, it's just, I'm with my brothers and, you know, it's no other squad I'd rather do this with. So I've known your story for a while and, uh, and, 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 you play at St. Joe's. You're playing your sixth year of college uh, with a COVID year and a medical redshirt and and everything else that that you've been afforded to. And to be able to finally get to the NCAA tournament, never being there before, but in your last year, being able to experience that. What are your emotions right now with that? Yeah, emotions are high. Um, I feel like this is every Hooper's dream. Um, you know, just every summer just traveling the, the country, you know, playing AAU, just exhausting your body, these summer workouts once you get to college. And, you know, it kind of seems like why are, we, why are we killing ourselves right now when, you know, season's not for another four or five months. But I'll tell you what, man, it, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy at all, but it is uh, – it's memories and, you know, just, just stuff that you're never going to forget and – it's just it has kind of an undescribable feeling. It's really everything you want. Um, but the thing is, like, it's just one game at a time, you know. It's obviously any team that's making this tournament is a really good team. But, you know, we we're talking with the guys and it's just it's just one more game, you know, playing at a neutral site and let's just win let's just win that game, you know, and then we'll worry about the next, and then we'll win that game and worry about the next and 
you know, it's kind of what we did all season. It's just one game at a time, and I feel like that's when we're at our best. So, Taylor, how does a guy start his basketball career at Mannheim Central in Pennsylvania and then end up in Logan, Utah, as Scotty mentioned, in the sixth year doing what you're doing now? How does this all come about? <laughs> um, I don't even know if I can answer that question. It's just kind of – I guess it's more God's timing than anything else. It's it's uh, it's opportunity after opportunity, and uh, you know it's it was definitely a jump moving from you know Pennsylvania to Utah. It's multiple states in between us, and tell you what, man, this was the best decision I've ever made in my life, and you know, not a second of any day did I ever regret this coming out here, and you know, it just it just felt like home. It feels like home, and you know I call it my home. You know I've only I haven't even been here a year, don't haven't even known these group of guys or the staff for a year. But uh, you know these guys mean everything to me, and just really, really blessed to be where we're at right now. You told me uh, when we first chatted that uh, when you came on a recruiting trip, you told yourself you weren't going to commit, and then uh, <laughs> how, how how did the end of that trip go? Yeah, it, the end of that trip. Ended by me shaking Coach's hand and saying, let's do this thing. Um, what was yeah, the my, selling point? What was the tipping point? It's It was more of a feel thing, I guess. I just, on my visit, just everything was perfect. You know, the guys were the group of guys I could see myself being with. The coaching staff was the coaching staff I, you know, wanted to be coached by. And, you know, it's just... It's a different if it's different lifestyle out here for sure. I mean, this is nothing like Philly where I lived the last five years, but you know, change is a good thing sometimes. And I put myself out there, and yeah, like I said, it's definitely the decision I'm most proud of. You know, so being called in the selection Sunday is yeah makes everything worth it and more. I was reading a little bit about your prep career in Pennsylvania. Has Mannheim Central called you to retire your jersey yet? <laughs> no, not yet. I was talking to my head coach yesterday, actually. Um, you know, just he, he's a big part of my, you know, my career and known each other for a long time. So, yeah, maybe we'll have to get on that. I'm not sure. My my record just got broken by. Oh, you know, I, I had the I had the all time scoring record. Um, in school history, and a girl named Maddie Nyer just um, she actually just broke it the other week, the other day. Because you had one thousand nine seventy seven. Did she break the two thousand mark? Yep, she's over two k. So you know, credit to her. She's a heck of a player, and you know, she deserves that for sure. Yeah, you needed that for at least a decade, though. At least give you ten years with that thing. That's awesome. What a, what an incredible accomplishment, though. 1,977 career points at Mannheim Central. What's it like playing basketball in Pennsylvania? Um, it's different for sure. It's um Yeah, my my part of the my part of town was no, it wasn't really known for basketball. We were more of a football school. Um, but my freshman year, I think we broke like 25 records that year. It was, we went undefeated at home. We, we um, first team to ever make it to districts championship. First team to ever make it to states. Um, first team to ever win a game in states. Um, 
it was an experience, man, and build friendships for life. I mean, when my when our name got called yesterday, I think I had all that, my whole team text me individually and just congratulate me and you know they the rooting for me because you know basketball's uh really brings really uh it bring makes this world small. It seems like you, you build so many friendships that really last forever and. I got friends that I played with in fifth grade that, you know, we're still really good friends, talk all the time, and I haven't seen them for multiple years, but it's just, we're still, we're st- we still kept that friendship. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. So you mentioned, by the way, Taylor Funk joining us from the Utah State basketball team. They've got Missouri in the first round in Sacramento. You'll hear that game right here on The Zone. Uh, But I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, you get excited, you're at Coach's house, and everybody's fired up about Missouri and then you start to dig in. Have you guys, I know the coaches are knee deep in prep. Have you guys had a chance to uh, work on what you've seen and, and what jumps out at you in your early evaluation of this squad? Yeah. So as a team, we haven't gotten together yet. We'll do that today in, a co- in about an hour here. We'll sit down and all watch film. But when we were all at coach's house, coach, you know, we get selected. We're hanging out a little bit, and coach said, you guys are more more than welcome to stay, but the staff is heading over to the office to get a start, meaning they're about to prepare, prepare us for this game. So a couple of us came home and, you know, threw some, uh, threw some Missouri games on the TV and, you know, started looking at our matchups and did some investigating on their defense and their offense. And, you know, it, it seems like, both these teams can really score the ball at a high level, so it should be a really fun game to watch. Um, yeah, maybe it just comes down to who can score more buckets. <laughs> what do you think about your location, playing in Sacramento? Yeah. Um, being an East Coast boy, you know, part of me was hoping for Albany. Could have had a lot of family and friends show up to that one, but, you know, can't be picky when it comes to something like this. It's Take us wherever we need to go, and let's go win a game. That, uh, and again, I'm not trying to give you any excuses, um, you know, because San Diego State essentially had to do the same thing. But just how hard is it to play a game that wraps up at about midnight? And this isn't AAU ball. This isn't you know pickup games. These are just lay it out on the line, physical, in your face. Uh, Boise State's crazy physical, and then the, and then about. You know, 12, 13 hours later, lacing them up and playing again against another uber physical team. Just how how hard is that? What kind of toll does that take on your body? It definitely takes a toll. I mean, the morning of Boise, we're um, it's fresh off New Mexico. We didn't get home till I think it was past one or close to one almost. By the time the guys get treatment, you know, get some food in our stomach, and the emotions and the adrenaline all gets out of your body. I know personally I didn't fall asleep till about 4 a.m. that night and multiple other guys um, turn around, play Boise the next day. Same thing, we got the late game. Same time about falling asleep, fell asleep about 4 a.m. We have a game the next next afternoon, pretty much. It's a toll for sure. I mean, 
it's not AAU. These are these are some big guys out there, and you know, physical teams. But you said, it. I mean, they had to do the same thing, so there is no excuse. It's it was a battle, and you know, credit to um, our trainer, you know, to get our bodies right, get us ready. Um, strength coach, you know, doing the recovery we need to do. But it's March, you know, these especially for the seniors, and you know, this team coach always talks about. This team has one life and, you know, make the most out of it, leave no regrets. And, you know, I truly believe we gave everything we had out there. And, you know, a couple couple calls, a couple, couple shots didn't go in and, you know, get a couple more rebounds and the game, the game could turn. But, you know, credit to San Diego State for sure. They they were on top of the defense. They, they were locked in on that end. And, you know, they did what they had to do to win that game. Hey, Taylor, how old were you when you hit 6'9"? when you kind of peaked out on your height? Yeah, I was, uh, I believe it was, I was going into my senior year. Um, Cause I was six, six as a freshman. And then every year until my senior year, I grew an inch or six, 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 seven, six, eight, six, six. Yeah. I believe my end of my junior year going into my senior is when I hit my peak. So you hit that six, nine as you, as you were growing in height, did you, was, does your parent, your both your parents, have a background in basketball, or is this something that you just found as you developed and, and got your height? Um, so my mom's almost she's like five. My dad's six foot. Um, and I guess yeah, my mom's pretty tall for a girl, I guess. So definitely get my height from her. Um, I don't know. Yeah, not really a background in basketball. I mean, my dad played in high school. Um, got drafted in the military and played on the army team, you know, on campus or on his, uh, or yeah, no, <laughs> answer your question. No, there's not really a background in basketball in my family. Um, brother played in high school, but no one ever went past that. None of my uncles, um, played in college. My, my dad's brother played in high school, but now it's just, it was just something I kind of picked up at a young age and. You know, my dad knew a lot about the game, so he coached me and trained me, you know, to be the best I could be. But there's no history where, you know, my, my father played in, you know, the Sweet 16 or played in, for this college or anything like that. Hmm. So, How old were you when he uh, started having you play in the men's league? Uh, tell you what, I, I would go with him three days a week um, as little as I started getting checked into the nursery. <laughs> you know, and then I got a little older, and he's like, there's some side hoops you can shoot on those if you don't want to go in the nursery. And every chance I got, I would take the side hoops. Um, and I just keep going three days a week, you know, and I wasn't even playing. I was just shooting layups because that's probably the only uh, all the farther I could go. Then over time, I just got a little bigger, a little stronger, and if there was any days, there would be nine guys there. You know, they'd some days let me be the tenth. Um just, if it, just to make it even, but time would just go on and I'd just get a little bigger, a little stronger, you know, month by month. And, you know, I started, uh, yeah, started playing and eventually started being one of the better guys. And, yeah, it just, over time, took off. Well, Taylor, appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Uh, congratulations and uh, look forward to chatting with you on that uh, down there in Sacramento. Congrats, Taylor. Thanks. Thank you very much. There he is, Taylor Funk. Good dude. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. 
But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.